pray for you. Father God, I pray that you would give us all ears to hear. Lord, use me tonight, Lord. We need to hear from you. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing here in our hearts and our minds, Lord. Help us renew our spirits tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Link, you have my phone. What's up, you guys? Uh, it's kind of hard to top that, what's going on, isn't it? Um. So, so, Jeremiah back there, you, you inspire us. Some of the new believers in here, you inspire us, you encourage us. The fact that you guys are old and still come to Jesus, amen. All the old guys are going, hey man. It's a big deal, guys. It's a big deal when one person gets saved, all of heaven is rejoicing. The little party we throw here, it's nothing compared to what was going on in heaven when you said yes to Jesus, and you said yes to Jesus, and you said yes to Jesus, and all the other people that we've been privileged to come alongside. We don't lead anybody to Jesus. The Holy Spirit leads you to Jesus. We just kind of like little errand boys for Jesus. It's, make no mistake, it's Jesus that called you. Amen? I have a feeling that some of you are right on the edge of a breakthrough. You're like pushing through this thing. It seems like nothing is going on. It seems like God's asleep at the wheel and your heart's desire is to grow closer to Him. The kind of breakthrough I'm talking about is not talking about like heaven's going to open up and splash a bunch of money in a lap. Well, you hear a lot when breakthrough, prosperity is baloney. The prosperity I'm talking about is a closer walk with Jesus. More intimacy with Jesus. More uh, oneness with Christ. That's what we want, right? You know, and some, you know, and I know. I had a conversation the other day with a guy. I said, "Man, don't you wish?" And I've said it many times. Your brain was reborn when your heart was. It's just not. You got this going on. You got a battle up here, a battle of the mind, and with the drugs that have happened in this church, it's a fierce battle, right? It is what it is, guys. Okay. I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. There are people in here that have done drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's happened. There are people in here that have been rescued from alcoholism. That's happened. Amen. Now you still got to deal with junk because that's all part of the walk. But I'm, Lynn told me a story from your class. Yeah, and I was like, are you kidding me? And we couldn't find it. She was going through the book, and we didn't have time, and I just thought it pertained and was so relevant to what we're talking about today. So I pulled it up. Yeah. I have it here. Bookmarked. Um, hold on. Bookmarked. There it is. Listen to this story. And think of it in terms of um, just making it to the other side. Just getting through a particular problem, a particular season in your life that's really difficult and pushing on. A 70-year-old Italian man committed suicide after his wife fell into a coma. But just hours after he killed himself, the woman woke up. The Italian media reported on Saturday, a 70-year-old man... Just hours. If he could just 
have hung on for a little bit longer. What a miracle, right? And I think some people in here, maybe I'm one of them, have been through a little bit of a dry time, which, come to find out, apparently is pretty normal. Hey, is it all you see there? It's pretty normal. And the Christian walk is pretty normal. Don't let anybody tell you that you're going to tiptoe through the tulips all the way into glory. And don't let anybody tell you that God doesn't have a plan and a purpose for your suffering. Your suffering stinks sometimes, but God's perfecting in you character, right? If we cooperate. So um, turn to your Bibles. And we're going to talk a little bit about... I'm going to start in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. And 16 through 17. And I'm going to kind of use this as the back. Do you know we have an enemy? You guys, some of you people, some of people that I know, don't believe in spiritual warfare. You're foolish. If, if you do not believe that, we, that there are fallen angels that assist the devil to interrupt your intimacy, your walk with Christ, in my opinion, you're a fool. Because the Bible speaks specifically. You can look all through Ephesians chapter 6. Paul talks about 1 Corinthians. It's talked about a lot. Now we're not supposed to be, oh, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And the devil is the defeated foe. In fact, there was a boot put on his neck on the cross. He's done. It ended right there. He is a defeated foe. However, we still uh, have an enemy that uh, prowls around like a lion, wishing to seek and kill and destroy, right? Um, so, do not love the things in the world, or the th- do not love the world or the things in the world. He's not talking about the round circle. He's talking about a system in place where you worship self and you worship money and you worship things and all the other things that go on that we worship. We were created to worship. We were created to worship God. And when it got all messed up in the garden, right? Do not love the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh. Anybody battle just coming here sometimes on Saturdays? Like you're just like, man, I tell you what, another episode of NCIS, Miami, Festus, Missouri, Illinois, whatever they are now you just kind of want mind over mattress kind of thing you know what i'm saying it's sometimes it's just hard the flesh is completely contrary to anything of the spirit anything god wants to do you have the flesh you're going you don't need all that you don't need that it really is like the you know the thing the classic don't do it uh, do it uh, don't do it no do it it's that is right yeah the flesh is going now you don't need all that you don't need to go to church you don't need to read your bible you don't need to learn about jesus you don't need to come to jesus you don't need that and the spirit man over there is going, oh, but you do. Jesus is kind. He's got a plan for you. He's got a purpose. He's got a purpose in the suffering. All the stuff in this con- conflict. Right? That's the flesh. That's the world. Lots of the flesh. The lust of the eyes. Whew, got a little problem, guys. <laughs> I've got a camper problem. I don't know what happened. I do. I've got a camper problem. <laughs> I'm looking at campers, and I just keep looking at campers like I want to buy them. Why do I need another camper like I need another hole in my head? I don't need another camper, but yet my eyes can't get enough. I want this. I want that. I want a better gun. I get that gun. I want a new gun. I get a 22. I want a 38. I want this. I get, I get a rebuilt Corolla engine, man, and then I see somebody gets a Mustang. 
And then I hate my Corolla and I want the Mustang. <laughs> That's lust of the eyes. You want more. It's never ending. It's never enough. Too much is never enough, right? Lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Mm, pride's a big one. Is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away. And the lust of it, but he who does the will, <laughs> he who does the will of God abides forever. You know, the devil only has a few little tricks in the tool bag. But they work. Hey Mike, what's up? They work. Right? So we're going to talk about Jesus going out into the desert and being tempted. You know, back in the day, the desert was always a picture of God working on man. And then here's the problem I have with Las Vegas. You want to know the problem I have with Las Vegas? Anybody ever been there? Okay. I want to just drive through just to see the neon signs. But see, the, de the, the desert used to be a place where God tried man. And God revealed himself to Israel. He would reveal himself through the way he would provide for men. What do we do? We go sit, put up a, a dam called a hoover dam and to be able to build a city whose nickname is sin city thumbing their nose at god i just think that's not cool uh, am i the only one you know that's what it's called uh and then you we don't need you we got a dam over here well that's gonna run out soon they're already starting to argue over water right so we'll see god always wins in the end you might as well just join his team he's gonna win i don't know if you guys noticed in the end he wins every time he's like a billion gazillion and Zero. It's kind of like my golf game against Barry. And exactly opposite of my golf game with Rob. Just seeing if you're paying attention. Praise the Lord. Rob, Rob heard that. Amen. I heard. That's good. Turn to your Bibles. To Luke. Chapter 4. I'm sorry, we're going to start on 3. And I think this is cool because as I was reading this, and I don't even know if I'm going to get all the way through this. But you guys don't care, right? I'm going to, um, and I think it's cool. Because we had a baptism tonight. You know, that's just the start. That's not the end. That's like, ow, now you go. Now you run. Now you work from your salvation. Not to your. You work from your salvation. So here's John, the baptizer. He's baptizing, and Jesus comes up to him and wants to be baptized. Can you imagine that? Jesus walking to her, hey, Randy, you want to give me a baptism? What would you do? I need to be baptized by you. But Jesus was not only our Savior, he was an example for us. You see what the first Adam screwed up? The first Adam blew this thing. The second Adam got it right. Thank you, Jesus. He got it right. The second Adam just came through and just whooped it down. It was not even a, it was just great, right? So here he is. He's going to show us an example. When all the people were baptized, I thought that was interesting. All the people got baptized before him. The first shall be last. The last shall be first. I just thought that was kind of cool. It came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven opened up. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved son. In you, 
I am well pleased. I think it's cool because right then he's saying, you're my beloved. And you, I'm well pleased. Now you guys know that Noah's Ark is a picture of Jesus being, he's our ark. Everybody that was in the ark was saved, right? Well, can you bring up that picture? See that? You know what that is? That's the Noah's Ark in Kentucky. An exact replica of the Noah's Ark door. Turn to your Bibles, Genesis 7.16. I don't think you have this on your notes. I don't think. But knowing you, you'll pull it up quicker than I can get to it in my Bible. So I'm not going to talk about it. Genesis 7.16. Seven sixteen, yeah, yeah. So those who entered, male and female of all flesh, went in as God commanded him. And who shut the door? The Lord shut the door. They just were obedient. Got in, got in the ark. Okay, and the Lord shut them in. Just like when you say yes to Jesus, you didn't have anything to do with it. You just came to him. God sealed you for the date of redemption, right? You had nothing to do with it. You just come in and, well, door shuts and everybody on the outside, it ain't good, folks. Jesus is our ark today. Just like then, he's our ark. And here's the thing. Paul did a lot of his writings and his epistles. He would sign, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. In another epistle, he says, one ought to examine himself to make sure that you're in Christ. You don't want to be hanging on to the outside like, I just kind of like, remember the John Boat message? You don't want to be the water skier hanging on by a rope. I want just enough Jesus to, you know, you know I'm not really down with the whole thing of trying to do what he said to do. I just kind of want to be around it. You're either in the ark or you're not. Your behavior should um, be that of a, let me see, what's that, Earl, what's that thing, conduct of an, What's that saying when you're in the military? Conduct unbecoming. Who has ever had some conduct unbecoming of being a Christian? Reuben, raise the hand. Pete, raise your hand. Leah and everybody else. Right? But being a Christian means we keep short accounts. We run back to Jesus and go, man, I'm sorry. I blew it. I stunk it up. I'm sorry. Right? So there ought to be a conduct. You ought to examine, each of us should examine ourselves. The little crevices of your mind to think, are you um, having some hidden behavior that's not becoming? And if you do, just bring it out into the light. Just relax, okay? Until God help me with it. Because I can't see. It's a stronghold. I can't do it. But the weapons are mighty in the tearing down of strongholds, right? The word? Okay, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm getting off track. Help me, Jesus. Let's do this. And I think it's kind of neat because the voice from heaven came before any miracles, any good works, anything. God said, I am pleased. He's my beloved. Before works. So when you're in Christ, you're in Christ. God is pleased. He looks at you now. 
And you might feel like a knucklehead. You might have some knucklehead stuff going on in your mind. But make no mistake, the record of wrongs is gone when you say yes to Jesus. Now, later, you have to exhibit fruit to prove that you're saved. Bring forth fruit to prove your repentance. You should be thinking a little bit different. It's going to process. Am I right? So here he is. We're going to skip, and I suggest that you guys read the genealogy of Christ. It's a little bit different here than it would be in the other the synoptic gospel, a little bit different, and there's reasons to that. But you can do that on your own. So we're going to pick it up at four where Satan tempts Jesus. And the reason I wanted to do this because I've seen so many people get saved, get baptized, and let out into temptation, and they blow it, and they don't come back, and they wander around the desert for a long time. It sucks. That's the technical term for it. It's deep Hebrew. It sucks. We don't like that. It's a bummer. Yeah, I know. You can do that. This thing, I got weird ears because this thing never really fits my ear. It bugs me. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days, he ate nothing. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. To me, that's like the biggest understatement ever in the Bible. Uh, for the record, he was hungry showing his humanity. I thought it was interesting how the devil never tempted him in the middle of his fast. He waited till it was over. But I want to point this out. Then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit. When you say yes to Jesus, there are some doctrines that I just don't believe in. Doesn't mean they're not my brothers. It just means we have some disagreements. When you say yes to Jesus, you get as much of the Holy Spirit as you're ever going to have. He doesn't come on an installment plan. He doesn't. He, just, he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't like down the road you get more Holy Spirit. The thing is, down the road, you're dying to self and the Holy Spirit is consuming more and more of you. It's not like one of those deals like, well, you know, I got baptized. And years later, I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. I just don't believe that. And I'm not going to argue with people about it because I, I, I've searched the doctrine for myself. I think the biggest obstacle for, for being led by the Spirit is my flesh and the carnality in me. And if I crucify myself, and I'm trying, we're trying to live by the Spirit and not satisfy the desires of the flesh, the more that I deny myself, the more I feel God's power in me. So by the time I'm like 97, you guys might like me. Well, Len will. Diane will. Campbell, you will. Pete, you know, Joe. Oh, yeah, there's a few in here, whatever. But Katrina, I sure... But he was led by the Spirit. He was led by God into the wilderness to prove we're going to kick the devil in the teeth because this guy, my son's going to get it right. Where the first Adam didn't get it right, it, we're going to get it right. Look up Hebrews 2 and 18. Am I going too fast? Look up Hebrews 2 18. We need a GoFundMe page, mail to get some glasses. He's giving all his money away these days. Praise God. For in he, for in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able to aid those who are also being tempted. How about that? When you're tempted, so is Jesus. Calling on the name of Jesus can help you in your temptations. Right? Because he understands. We have a high priest that 
understands us. He, he's been through the, what we've been, he, he's been through it. And he came out sinless. I probably would have curled it like day two, if I'm honest. And the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. You know, the devil's funny because the devil knows scripture better than you guys. God had already told him early on, you are my beloved son. In you I'm well pleased. Here right here he says, if you are the son of God, yes, I'm the son of God. It was confirmed, right? You know, it's funny. Um, you could also say that Adam and Israel was considered a son of God. Adam failed and so did Israel. They wandered around the desert. As soon as they ran out of bread, as soon as they ran out of stuff, guess what they started doing? This blows, man. I, 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 I just can't do this. If you could get two things, if you could do two things, if we could do me, two things, trust God and thank him. If that's all you did, we, 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 we might be like super Christians. If you could just trust him, I trust in your promises. Just like the guy that was just hours away from his wife being, what if he'd have known Jesus and he was praying? Maybe he did, okay? But what if he would have just hung on to the promises of God saying, I believe that you're going to do something special and I also believe that even if I can't go where she is, I believe, or she can't come to work one day like David, I'm going to go and see her. One day I'll, I'll see her. So you can hold on to those promises. I wonder what would happen if he just would have held on just for a few more hours. And he missed a miracle. And what happened to her because he gave up? That's a whole other thing. He gave up, and she was probably destroyed for the rest of her life. I think the first thing she said out of, her, out of her mouth, according to another account, where's my husband? If he just would have held on, just hold on to God's promises. And I know the desert stinks, and I know it gets tough, but we need to know what God said to get through these times. But Jesus answered him saying, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Then the devil, take, let, me, let me stop right there. Remember uh, an account, I, I can't remember, you know, I always get excited and my mind gets messed up. When the boys came back and they saw that Jesus was famished, I think it was a Samaritan woman. Hey, you haven't eaten all day. I think it was chapter 4 of John. Remember when he, what he said to them? He said, I have something to eat that you don't know anything about. Right? You wonder how people get through and how they do some of the tough things they do. And it's tough. But when people look at you and the, 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 the challenges you're going through and you're believing and you're reading the word of God and you're hanging on to promises, don't you understand that that becomes food also not only for you, for them? They're kind of going, man, wow, how, how, how do you do it? Because I'm in the word. I'm trusting God's promises. I'm growing closer to Jesus every day. I believe what he said. I know what he said. How can you know what he said if you don't read what he said? We talk about it all the time, right? And then people, and then I hear, oh man, I'm just so busy. I, you know, I, did you guys know I'm busy? Are we busy, Lynn? Are you busy? If I went through here and asked everybody, would they all say that I'm busy? Are you too busy to read the word of God and understand the promises so when you go out in the desert you have something in you to sustain you? Not this church, 
only the other churches. Right? Man cannot live on bread alone. If Jesus was the word and he knows the word and growing in the word, how much more? He's, he is the word. And he's saying man can't live on bread alone. But out of every word that proceeds out of the, God of my, or out of the mouth of God. You can't, I can't, you can't do it. He's setting, by baptism, now he's setting another principle. You have to know the word. You have to read it. Doesn't mean you have to be an expert overnight. Because you're not going to be an expert overnight. And if somebody finds that they're an expert overnight, then we're going to talk about the pride of life. We're going to talk about pride in the backside of this. Because another thing, another teaching I've heard on this is you, it, it's almost uh, a progression of a believer's life. Because you can get to the point where you can die to the flesh, right? And you can get to the point where uh, you're not tricked by um, the eyes. And then it almost makes you proud, which is a big one to get over because I don't have those problems anymore. I don't have that problem anymore. So it's almost like uh, a journey as you walk. And I know people, dude, I don't drink. I don't cuss. don't smoke. I don't do any of that like those guys. In fact, the world has no lure to me. I'm so spiritual. Well, shame on you because now you're falling for the biggest thing, pride. Which is why we're here anyway in this mess that we're in. I've got it all figured out. And there was a guy that called himself the Bible Answer Man. I always had a problem just the name. I did. I like the guy. I like his teaching. I just had a problem. You're calling yourself the Bible answer man. To me, that reeks and smells of pride. Just saying. And it could be wrong. I never met the guy. I'm just saying, I would just say I'm just a disciple learning and growing. I think that'd be a safer bet. Then the devil, taking him high up on a mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all authority I will give you and their glory this has been delivered to me and I give it to whomever I wish. You know, back in the day, now then, he's distorting Scripture. All authority has been given to Jesus, not the devil. Now, Adam, it was given to Adam as like a junior little guy back in the day, but he and, he and Eve blew it. They, and then he got forfeited over to the devil. But this God is sovereign. He's in control of this thing, right? So back in the day, my dad had a 68 Ford truck. Oh, man. Remember that? Oh, yeah. We did many a road trip. Do you remember the time I drove up my dachshund and I jumped Bellow Creek Bridge and I looked over with John and he was right there, dude. He was like levitating. He was airless. That was amazing. Side story. You know, he hit the floorboard. I was like, oh, my bad. I was just trying to see how fast that truck would go. But here's the thing. My dad gave me that truck. Gave me the truck. But I had to stay in a certain area. I had to stay in these parameters. It wasn't mine. Just like the world right now is not the devil's. The world is. But the kingdom of God belongs to Jesus. Right? So even it was my truck, but it wasn't my truck. This world is the devil's, but he's not. He's on borrowed time. He's a defeated enemy. So he's raising all kinds of while he can. Boys, you get that one? Okay. Notice I didn't say it though, right?
Notice how he twisted it just a little bit. It was not given to you. It wasn't delivered to you. It was forfeited by the clown Adam that couldn't get it right and failed. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. Jesus answered him and said, get behind me, Satan. Like, Get lost, buddy. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. You know, Israel's out in the desert. They had already been complaining about the bread. What's the first thing they do? Second, third, fourth, fifth, they need. When they're out in the desert and things aren't going their way, they start worshiping other gods. New idols. Sometimes, as new believers, you come to Jesus, you're baptized. God leads you out into a place of the desert. You've got to hold on to the promises of God. You've got to know what he said. You can't live on bread alone, right? You, you, you can't worship anything else. You can't do it, right? So Israel, they're out there. The first thing, first little hint of pressure, they're, they buckle under. They just, I'm out. I, I want to go back to Egypt. At least we had meat there. You know, this, this just stinks. And Moses, driving, who's driving Moses nuts? Moses is like, oh, God, I can't do this. Help me. Of course, God did. Hang on. Keep hanging on. I know it gets hard. I get it. It's hard. But you can do it. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can. I can do this. I can get through the desert time. If you understand what a desert time is, it's just desert time. It's just the way it is. Making sure that your conduct, you know, um, God blesses obedience. And then understanding comes after obedience. Uh, understanding never comes before obedience. Nine times out of ten, it comes after obedience. So if you're doing something naughty and you want more of God, it ain't going to happen. Just stop. Doesn't mean he doesn't love you. Doesn't mean you're not saved. I got a buddy, got saved, went out and had a, had a bender. I said, do you know less saved than you were before you had the bender? But your relationship with Jesus is kind of kind of off. Confess it and get right. And then get in step with the Lord. Isn't it easy? But we're kind of like idiots. I got a whole other acronym, but I'm not going to do it. We're in church. Stop it. Okay? You shall have no other gods before me. You know, it might be, uh, you know, I don't do all that. You got a boat? You got a camper? You got a Harley? You got a TV? You got Facebook? You know, we, the, the idols are, if Paul walked through today and walked through here, he would say, holy smokes, I thought Athens had a bunch of gods. You Americans, your job, your career, your kids, hmm, your pets, whatever it could be. Just saying. You have no other God you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, if you're, <laughs> again, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down from here. You know how tall that was? The pinnacle? Yeah, the arch is like, what, 630 feet? something, Right? 600 something? Anybody know? You smart people here? Rich, what is the arch? 
Well, that would be 618 feet, Randy. He would know. It's over 600 feet. The temple was 450 feet. 630? Okay. The temple where he was took him up to 600 or 450 feet. If you're the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it's written. He shall give his angels charge over to keep you. It's Psalm 91. It's your favorite psalm. Do you know that angels are ministering spirits meant to assist those that are inheriting salvation? Not to worship angels, but they're helping the saints. How many go, praise God, because I need all the help I can get. Thank you, Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit. Amen. We have a loving God that loves us. But aren't you glad he's got some angels that help? Let me tell you about this story. I wonder if we saw an angel. Bear and I were working in Hillsboro. You know where that is? Kind of. Had a little experience like that in Troy Tractor Supply. We'll talk about that later. Warrant is looking pretty sophisticated compared to that place. Whatever, whole nother story, whole nother message. We're going up there. And we see a lady hitchhiking on the highway. Uh, really nice old lady. Turns out she was 82. She had two big old glad trash bags, right? And uh, presumptuous on our part to think she was homeless. But I got to be honest. If you looked up homeless, you look homeless. It is what it is. We got jumped out. What's up, sis? I go, we got your carriage right here. Where would you like to go? I'm going to the highway. Now, she kind of mumbling because I, I couldn't really understand, but she was kind of mumbling. I said, well, let me clean out this. We got the paint bucket over here. We got that. We got a cool full of water. And she was like, oh, this is great. Wonderful. Thank you. Not really. She was complaining a little bit, but hey, it's getting you to the highway. So we get there, and I said, hey, sis, do you know Jesus? You know I'm going to ask that question. We should ask questions. You know Christ. It's an easy question. And you'll know, no, oh, I know him. I serve him. Hey, Amen. I go, what are you doing? She goes, I'm working at a food pantry. Really? Yeah, I'm working at a food pantry. I'm giving poor people food. I was like, what? I don't think she could have rubbed two pennies together, but she was serving the Lord. Right? And schooled us because we were just kind of like, man, you're, you're, you're a blessing to us, sis. You are. You're, you're something else. She had a little, little house over there. But she had hitchhiked all the way to the food pantry so she could make sure she was serving somebody. Right? And I wonder, and then we, we, we got to pray with her, and we got to give her, Tim, your little card. She knew Jesus, but we gave her a little card, a dollar bill. And I said, this isn't for you, sis. You know Jesus. Pass this on to somebody that doesn't know. It's from a friend of mine. Well, it's from Jesus, my friend, my best friend, from another friend of mine to you. So pass it on. But we wondered as we left there, do you know some have entertained angels and don't even know? You never know. So when you're being tempted to be rude, a little rudy, rudy, rude, that's a bad kind of rudy. You might be talking to an angel. Hmm? He should give angels charge over you. Again, he's twisting. He's trying to get Jesus to get off the plan that God had. You ever want to get ahead of God's plan? God's got a plan for your life, and you're like, man, I, you know what? You're good, but this isn't quite going along the way that I want it to, so I'm going to step out, and I'm going to do my own little thing. Thank you, Jesus. And when the wheels fall off, you call them in. You get the little spare tire out, and you put it on. Thanks, Jesus. Little prayer. That Don't do that. So the devil was trying. He knew. 
you know, he knew that that God had given Jesus a specific mission. It wasn't time for him to reveal his glory. It wasn't time. So the devil is trying to get him off his game, using scripture, twisting it around, just like he does with us. And Jesus answered him and said to him, it has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. You know, I was thinking about the way of the cross. There's no shortcuts. Right? You have to just work it out. There are no shortcuts. You can't all of a sudden say, yeah, you know what? I think I'll reveal, I think I'll do that now. There's no silver bullet faith, guys. There's no class that you can come to and go through. I don't care if it's 50 weeks long, but all of a sudden you're going to walk out, well... It appears that I am now a super saint. You see, I've gone through this class. I've read this book. I've met this machine gun preacher. I've met that there's no, there's, that they're not common. It's not happening. It doesn't happen that way. There's no shortcuts. There's just not. It's long. It's arduous. It's not what you thought when you started. It never is. It's like, Somebody asked me the other day, hey man, I think I'm being called to, uh, to pastor. Hey, praise God. I can tell you this. Had I known <laughs> what I know now, oh, I would have definitely done it. However, God's with you the whole way. And He's growing you up. And He's maturing you. And He's developing you if you let Him, if you cooperate, if you do all the things we're talking about. He'll just bring you along the way. We did a brown bag the other day, inspired by a friend of mine. And at the end of the brown bag, or the end of this story of Jesus casting out the devil and the demoniac in Gadara, you remember the story? The, 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 the demoniac asked him, I want to come with you. I want, I want to come with you. I want, I want, I'm, I'm, going, I'm coming with you. Jesus said, no. Go back and tell all of your friends what I've done for you. What? Yeah, a funny thing happened. Then he goes to the Decapolis, ten cities, and tells everybody in these ten cities that couldn't stand to hear anything about the gospel, couldn't stand to hear anything about any of it, and told them what Jesus did for them. It opened up a segue for later the Holy Spirit to come through there and made all kinds of churches over that area. Had You see, he didn't have the big plan. The little demoniac guy, he just saw from a myopic little view, I want to go where you go. Jesus said, I have bigger plans, although you think they're smaller. It's bigger than you. This thing is way bigger than any of us. When we just do our own little part, special happens. When we just do little stuff, little stuff becomes big stuff in the eyes of God. You know what God's best building material is? Guess what it is? Nothing. God's best building material is nothing. How about that? Think about that. Wow. This is cosmic. Think about it. Right? God makes a way when you don't think there's a way. God is behind the scenes orchestrating it all. All we do is fill our little part. All we do is continue to do these things. All we do, we don't have to do a whole lot. He's done it all for us. We just step into this thing, into this movie thing. And I will ask you this. You guys remember seeing the movie Rocky Four? 
perhaps the best Rocky ever? You're going, is this a rabbit trail? No, it pertains. Just relax. If you've seen Rocky Four, raise your hand. For those that have seen it, do you remember the lady had the red hat on? She was out in the stands watching the fight towards the end of the movie. She had a red hat and like a, like a white blazer. You remember her? Of course you don't because it wasn't about her. Nobody cares about her. It was about Rocky. We're like those people, right? This is Jesus' story. He's invited you to participate in his story. and just to, But, but you've got to find your role and just be at peace with however he made you. There's a great book. Ortberg, be you, is a word that he describes. Be you your. You'll never be help to Jesus if you're trying to be somebody that you're not. If you're trying to circumvent, if you're trying to get through by not reading the scriptures, if you're not knowing what God said, if you're worshiping for idols and all of these things, if you think yourself a big shot in the kingdom of God, you're no, of no use to Jesus. It is what it is. Now it's a daily fight. Who thinks they're cool? Yeah, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. You're not that cool. None of you are. But you know what? We serve the cool one. We serve Jesus. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the soon-to-return King. And he's going to straighten this all up, right? All we have to do is just a few little things. If you're in the middle of a desert time, amp up your word intake. Switch it up a little bit. I don't know. Ask God to show you. Is there something in me that's not of you? And if you search your heart and God says nothing, okay. Doesn't show you anything, just hang on. And keep believing and understanding his promises and hanging on to them. Just hanging on to the promises. I promise you. Don't be like that guy that just has four hours before his wife wakes up. You give up. Just keep holding on because your breakthrough, and by breakthrough, again, I'm not talking about the money banks, like U.S. Bank's going to show up to your truck and drop you off a bunch of money. I'm talking about that break that you guys want, like I want a closer walk with you. I want to see people get saved. I want to see people get off drugs. I want to see people to get off dope. I want to see people live that abundant life John 10, 10 talks about. That's what we want, right? That's what you want. Everybody look at That's what we want. This really is a long message, Randy. We've been here forever. You know what? Go to, go to some message and go to a third world and we would just be getting started. Go to a, a different country. We would just now be about halfway through worship. Because they understand that he is worthy. They understand what he's done. We get all this stuff and it clouds our view. Well, I've got that, that NCIS Miami starts at 9.30. Whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's true, isn't it? Thank you. Come on, man. Now, we're almost done. Now, when the devil had ended, every temptation, Jesus passed. Flying color, second Adam. Amen. Guess what he got? A plus 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 plus. None of you got that. In this church, you'd be surprised if it ever an A. Maybe you guys. Praise God. Amen. Better be. Okay. He departed from him until an opportune time. Sometimes those temptations come to like spasms. So you ever have back spasms? Sometimes sin comes like that. It just kind of, you're like, man, you're like, I feel like Peter on. Friday, and by Sunday, I'm Judas. Something happened. You know, I failed again, right? So Sunday night, you confess up, and you start again. God doesn't remember any of it. But make no mistake, he's always waiting for another opportune time. With Jesus, I'm sure he was tempted along the way, but his big test came in Gethsemane. Amen? 
And he survived that one, and his bigger test was the cross. Because three days later, he came off that cross, up, up, up out of that tomb for us. How about that? Kicked death right in the face. And then took the teeth out of the lion. Humble yourself, you'll be exalted. Exalt yourself, you'll be humbled. I think that's about it. That is it. If anybody doesn't know Jesus in here, bow your heads real quick, would you please? Is there anybody in the house tonight that maybe doesn't know Jesus as Savior? Can you give me like a hand raise? Because there's people I don't know in here tonight that I'm looking to at a lot of saints, praise God. But is there anybody tonight that doesn't know Jesus as their personal Lord? Would they raise their hand? And then we'll have a conversation with you at the end. Maybe you could be like Jeremiah a couple weeks ago when he said yes to Jesus for the first time. Anybody tonight? Everybody knows Jesus. Well, that's a, that's a hallelujah, praise God. Amen. Now listen up, guys. Next week on Saturday, we're hoping you bring some real scoundrels into church. Right? You know what a scoundrel is? Somebody that doesn't know Jesus. It's great to minister to the saints. We love it. Amen. Edification of saints is part of the responsibilities of the church. But also to introduce people to Jesus for the first time would be a great opportunity next week to bring somebody. Because he's a cool guy. He's almost as tough as Pete. Yeah, he's like, yeah, whatever, dude. I'll show Machine Gun Preacher what's up. Maybe next year we have a, a Pete against Machine Gun Preacher like fundraiser, a wrestling match. Whatever. Whatever. Pete's like, yeah, I'm, I'm in, dude. I'm in. On a serious note, we're going to leave you with this. Make sure to tell somebody about Christ this week, what he's done in your life, right? If he's delivered you out of something or sustained, especially young guys, oh, man, you see somebody, you just walk by, Jesus rocks. So, you want to go? Do that, right? I'm going to pray, and if anybody needs prayer, or definitely... Uh, We'll see you when we're done, okay? Father God, we thank you for tonight, Lord. We thank you that you got it right, Lord, through, that, through your life. We thank you, Lord, that uh, what the first Adam didn't do, what Israel didn't do, you did for us, Jesus. We thank you for your sacrifice on the cross, that we would have eternal life with you, Lord, that we would be set free, that the power of sin would be broken in our lives, Lord. So we pray that you continue to work in and through us, Lord. We pray that this week we go out and impact the world for Jesus. We pray that we would... Go out into the world, Lord. Uh, we are not of it, Lord, but we know that we're in it. And we're in it for a reason. Otherwise, you would have taken us the moment we said yes to Jesus. We must have something to do. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.